How is racism defeated? My name is Johan. My name is Guy. I'm Sikelele in Sokota, but I go by Sky. My name is Hope. I just want to introduce you quickly. It's not like I have a full biography yep. of you, but just from what I know of you. So I remember I met you when you were our team manager at uh, Shemlat. That's the, the rugby team of, of um, University of the Free State. I think it was the, what was his position from um, the forceter of the club? Marius. Yeah, Will Marius. Yeah, I think you worked with him at yes, his yes. law firm. And then he got you the um, the job there at the club, so that's that's where I first uh, got to do with you. And I think yes, yes. Yeah, what I remember of you is is you were passionate. I mean, you were more passionate than some of us that was playing, uh, you know, playing on the field. <laughs> yeah, and then I, <laughs> I know that you you know you you're qualified in law and and you you know you did your your internship. And I think the place that you're working now, is that more in law or more in finances? No, it's more finances, but it's still law related. So I'm a compliance officer, legal advisor. Okay. Um, yeah, well, is there anything that you'd like to add? To yeah, let me just give a brief background of myself. So I'm, so as you guys know, I'm Tebu Khorakhogwana. I'm from Tienesen. I grew up in Tienesen. It's a little small town, a hundred case outside Bloemfontein. Yeah. yeah, so I attended school there in Tienesen, and after matric, I went to the University of the Free State to study law. Yeah, and there I really enjoyed my time. When I got there, I stayed in res on campus uh, in Heisar Maintum, and I was on the residential committee there. Uh, yeah. I did a lot of things as part of Mr. Reg. Uh, I sang Ser, I yeah, so I helped with Mark and, and I did yeah, I kind of enjoyed my university life. I kind of miss it actually. Oh, no. <laughs> Everything was keeping <laughs> Sounds like you were in yeah, involved. Didn't let it pass you by. Yes. Yeah. Now I believe as a student you should be you you should be involved in everything. So after law city started working and now yeah, I work for one of the top uh asset managers in the country. And I really enjoy my position and I get to travel quite a lot. So my job involves me also traveling quite a lot in the country. So I get to see all the nice, the nice places in this beautiful country of ours. I'm based in Cape Town. Yeah, so I love coming back as well to this beautiful city that we live in. Yeah. Yes, yeah. So that's a brief background. So. Okay, no, thank you for that. All my economic yeah. and financial news I basically get from your Facebook, you know, from the posts that pop up um, uh, with me. So that's enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're not, you're not the first person to tell me that. The people on my WhatsApp tell me, yes, that we, we don't even read the news. We just go on the WhatsApp status and then we know what's happening. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I consume news and I, I believe you should know what's going on around you. So... I think if I can throw you a bit into the deep end, but but um, keep it quite open so that I don't force my questions upon you. You know, in a, in a conversation about racism, South Africa, where we stand now, what are some of your your first thoughts? Yeah, I yes, it's 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 very it's a subject matter that makes a lot of people uncomfortable. Yeah. 
but I think we need to get over that because now it's it's been quite a while and for us to move ahead, we need to to really start speaking about this. Yeah. And it's it's and, and with with what's been happening in the world, I would say with now uh the Black Lives Matter. Mm. That that does, that has been on the spotlight, and from that as well, a lot has been also now caused to our side as as a country as South Africa. Yeah, yeah and I, I believe when 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 the subject comes up, I'm I'm one for I won't shy away to talk about it because I don't yeah. think it benefits or helps anyone if if you try to shy away from this topic. Yeah, it's we we still have a big problem in, in South Africa. It's that's the sad truth, even if. 20 something years after uh yeah after now we've been in, into this dispensation that we've been democratic dispensation we still have a lot of ignorance and a whole lot of people that you have personally enough experience that you have the subject this com conversation with don't get it they don't know the history and if you don't know where we come from as a country it's going to be very difficult of you to understand where we're currently sitting in. Mm. And I think that's the biggest, the biggest problem, I would say. And I think to solve what's happening currently, we need to go back. We have to go back. It's yeah. it's just the way we have to go back. And 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 I think uh, our education system did us a very huge injustice as it didn't tell us the full picture, didn't tell us. I remember vaguely in primary school. One of my primary school te history teachers, we were learning about Robin Island and uh, Nelson Mandela. And the one kid asked, listen, man, why did this man go to jail? And he asked a very relevant question. Yeah. And the teacher, no, no, no. One of the kids made a joke. No, he stole bread. And everyone started laughing. And that lost the context of it. And I think it's mm. so sad that we don't know. We don't know the true history of this country. And yeah, and you you'll find teenagers and people now in in their twenty in 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 the in the age that I am working early thirties late twenties working and still done not knowing what we went through as a country mm. and how special actually this country is how a man like Nelson Mandela was arrested for fighting for equality for all of us to be equal not just for black people to 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 be to be on top or to dominate. He didn't fight for white or, or black domination. He fought for equality for all of us to be in an equal playing field. How he spent more than 27 years in a jail cell. Yeah, for trying to destroy this apartheid bad system that was declared a crime against humanity by the United Nations. Mm. Yeah, so it's for us to understand the subject as racism and what's going on currently with your Perry Sparrows penny sparrows and all those incidents that always keep on popping up. Uh, Adam Cascasavelos, all those things that are now popping up. It's you find it's ignorance. It's people that don't know that this country could have burned, that oh. the Truth and Reconciliation Commission that we went through, we didn't fight, we didn't go through a war to get this equality, this great country that we have now. There was negotiations and a compromise was reached. Between everyone, yes, yes, yes. Just briefly, as I, Yo, I man, can go. Oh, no, I don't know if you want to ask more direct question or. 
Um, okay, no, I mean, that was a lot of things you um, you mentioned already. And I think what, what I got out of it so far is um, we lose a lot if we lose that history of what happened. You know, on the one side, we lose the intensity of what was actually going on, you know, how people's lives were actually impacted. I mean, I just realized it now when you said 27 years in jail, I almost forgot how long it was. That's 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 so such a big part of a lifetime that he spent in jail. And you know, now when we think about Nelson Mandela, we remember his voice, some of the things he said, the speeches he made, you know. Um, I think it's it's so important to to know the extent of what happened. It's it's not something we can just explain in one sentence or in one in one history class. You know, it's part of our country's history. Um, on the one hand, that intensity. And then on the other hand, you know, when you spoke now of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission and how we got there, actually without a big civil war, how we, how we you know, um, moved from apartheid, apartheid to democracy and to where we are today. You know, we're still not where we can be, but it's, you know, a lot has happened. We're not, it's not as bad as it was. You know, I think there's a lot we can give South Africa credit for and South Africans credit for that we can easily miss, you know, if we don't, if we don't share it and, and focus on it. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's, that's some of, of what I took out of it. I, I also like what you say a bit about, you know, in terms of even in the education system, you know, they didn't really do justice in terms of educating people, you know, about the, the full, the fuller story or the bigger details. I always say and refer to it as, you know, I feel like there are crib notes that are taught in, in, in the education system about racism, about, you know, the apartheid era and all of that. But how do you think people can be intentional about educating themselves? Yeah, I think it's, it's very, it's very important to read. I think once you start reading of what really happened, going back into history and, and we've, we've got a lot of books, we've got a lot of storytellers. One example, I can you a man like uh, Max Dupria. Max Dupria yeah. has a book The Pale Native. A lot of people don't know the story of Max Dupria. Max Dupria, it's a short story about him. He grew up in Kroenstadt. His father was a pastor Germany. And as a young person, he saw, yeah, but you, dad, you're a pastor, but uh, you're still treating black people like this. The Bible doesn't really condone what you do. So he had that confrontation of his father. And in a way, his father kicked him out. He came to Stellenbosch, studied, came here, studied, I think, journalism and psychology. And through that, he became one of the important role players in where we find ourselves today. He's one of the guys that discovered a uh, flock blast. The, that farm in the Pretoria where, where Eugene uh, the cook and all those apartheid police guys were murdering uh, political, political fighters and, and black people. He's one of the people that uh, made that story go public, that put pressure on the apartheid government to innovate, to concede. I think if if you start to read, read a read a bit about our history. There's so many good storytellers. Zakes yeah. is also another one. Even though a lot of his stuff is a bit more fictional, 
but it's it, it, it gives you a bit of a background, a bit of a history. Mm. Biographies of these leaders, of uh, Oliver Tambo, of Nelson Mandela, of Tabo Mbeki. Yeah, I think if we start to just read a bit more as people, you all the answers are there. I believe every, every answer that you're looking out for is, is out there. And now with the internet, with Google that is also now available to us, it's so much easier now to just do a bit of research about a subject matter. But I still believe in the core of reading. I'm, I'm still a book guy. I still believe in the, the touch of paper. I still mm. buy a Sunday newspaper every Sunday and I still read it old school and I don't miss it. That's how I grew up and that's how I think I'll, I don't know how long it will last, uh, these papers. <laughs> with mm. The speed of <laughs> technology. But yeah, I think by reading, and spreading the word. We've got social media, like Johanna saying, I share a lot of the things that I read. It's it's through consuming things. And I believe it's maybe someone will read it and, and start to notice your maybe I should start doing things a bit different. Or this yeah. is happening in the country. Yes, yes. Um, one thing that I think um, maybe that's something we can learn from from you um, is in the way that you read, in, in how wide you you actually go to get information that you're looking for. Because um, if I compare it with most people, you know, myself included, we will look for information that fits the way that we currently feel. If I currently feel angry yeah. towards black people, say I hear about the Black Lives Matter movement and, and now I feel what's going on, you know, I'm just talking um, in general now, then I'm going to look for information that supports the way that I'm feeling and, and I'm going to share that. But it, it sounds with me, Oh, it sounds for me that you know you you you're able to read more integrated um to get different views because i've spoken to many people already and about racism and you're one of the first as a black person to say but look at what this white person did against the apartheid government you know it's it's like the the narrative can easily dominate that all white people are bad you know or all black people are this way um but you know that's that's it's quite an advanced way of thinking to actually start um just uh what's the word i'm looking for now um, but to get an, an integrated view you know to read more things things that can even disagree with the way that i'm currently feeling um summary of the question how are you able to read different types of information you know those that um, may agree and may disagree with the way that you feel and then you know actually accept that and, and change your thinking according to what you're reading because it's a scarce skill yeah yeah no you through through studying law even before i started i went to university i i i come from a household where my parents both of them always there was always books in the house so we always you always had to read and around the table, we would discuss what's happening in the country. When we sit before supper or before we eat, we would sit around the table and have debates of listen. And I was always encouraged to give my own opinion. And mm. my parents always encouraged me from a young age, listen, you need to think out of the box. You need to don't just believe everything that people say. Mm. Back up what you say also with research, with facts. So yeah, that started from there, but also at varsity now, studying law, you're exposed to a whole lot of material. Yeah. 
And through uh, through the LLB course that I did, it's I spent quite a lot of time at the library reading case law, uh, different books and uh, journals, articles. Yeah, so it's also that background that has helped me. So I'm quite a fast reader as well. I don't spend, I can read quite quickly. I can sum up something really quick. So I don't have to spend a lot of time on a specific subject. I can really browse through it quickly, read it, see, okay, that's now what's basically being said there. And that's, yeah, I think that's what helps me to read a few more sources. Yeah, so I go a bit deeper. I don't just read your mainstream news, I would say. Yeah, yeah. And with Twitter that came into the picture, now Twitter helps quite a lot because now with Twitter, it makes things way more easier. Because now that's more, Twitter, I believe, is more intimate and people, they share a bit more. Yeah. So a lot of this journalists, the, a, lot, a whole lot of your political leaders share a bit more on a, a, a platform like Twitter. I think that is how, I believe Twitter is uh, the new radio of the new generation. It's really, everything breaks on Twitter. All the news that you want to know is on Twitter first. When Nelson Mandela passed away, it first broke on Twitter. When a major event happens, it's on Twitter before it goes mainstream. That yes. Makes sense. Okay, but yeah, so it, it sounds like it was a value, you know, to your family and to you from a young age to to read and to read well. And, and, and yes, then, yes. You, you took that value and actually developed it into a skill at varsity and then after that as well. Yes, yes, I would say. Okay, so, but on that, um, the other thing that I think we can take from that, you know, that I, I'm curious to how you do it is, um, you know, I spoke now about reading different things, things that may agree or may not agree, but even, you know, you, you know the history perhaps better than the average um, 20 or 30 year old, you know, because of how much you find information and read it. Um, so how, how are you able to, to know the history of our country, you know, the painful history, um, and still you're able to engage with white people to have white friends you know to to have good relationships like you had with with, with Marius and with many of us um, in the team that time you know how, how, do, how do you do that and you know not just keep the finger pointing blaming um, frame of mind yeah I think that if if you're gonna start with the blame game and pointing fingers that's not gonna get anyone anywhere I believe we South Africa is such a unique country that if we get things right in this country, I think we will be one of the best countries in this world. Mm. We've got everything; all the ingredients are here. We've got we've got the people. We are rainbow nation. We've got different people here. Mm. We, if you, if you look at also the beauty of this country, we've got we've got the deserts we've got we've got oceans we've got we've got our Kruger National Park we've got the animals not even talking about our minerals we've got gold platinum diamonds all the wealth that we have different uh, plant species I don't know if you guys know I think out of the whole world we've got more plant species than any other country in the world our fauna and flora that's something amazing we this country is so blessed that if we start to work together as people and start looking past race, 
and I think we would we would be truly one of the best countries in the world. Yeah. I'm wondering, Debochol. Um, you highlighted that you grew up in a you know in a family where there was a lot of engagement and conversation going on around the dinner table, and I'm wondering yeah. what did those conversations look like? You know with your family specifically regarding racism because obviously that has to have had you know a big impact in terms of like what your hands yeah. yeah. do not be able to point a finger what are how did some of those conversations look like regarding racism very interesting because i okay let me give you guys a bit of a context i'm the youngest of three kids i've got two older sisters my dad started working as a uh as a garden garden worker he was a a garden garden worker. My mom was a domestic. She worked at the farm actually, oh. as a as a farm girl, as a tea girl, oh. if you can put it bluntly. So the history they they gave me, they gave it to me raw. Of, Listen, this is how we grew up. But through that as well, they got married. They didn't have much. Oh. Uh, my my father got a bit of a problem. He started working at the mines. He became a security guard. From there, he started his own company. And he made a way for himself. And that's when things started to change. And then my mom obviously had to stop work. And they eventually bought a farm. And I grew up when I was like about nine, ten. I grew up on a farm and they started farming. And yeah, so it's very interesting how their lives from my mom working as a domestic worker at a farm to owning her own farm. And my dad being a domestic. It just shows how we, it doesn't really matter where you start in life. If there's always a way to get to the top, to work your yeah. way up. Yeah, so the conversations were, they allowed me, my parents allowed me to speak about everything. And and I was always taught not to hate. And I could I could never, obviously when I started, I thought, yes, how could you guys not hate these people? Look at what they did. Yeah. And it's always now also where, because my, my mom is a very religious person. <laughs> my dad, not so, so much. <laughs> but my, my mom was always... Very, very religious. Church person. Yeah. Yeah. No, you can't, you can't hate people. It's, mm. they, that's not how it works. Yes, oh. yes. Oh. Yo, and it's amazing to me that she could live out that value of not hating people, even past the, uh, the point of absorbing so much, um, you know, probably in her own life, you know, so much unfairness, discrimination that, that she absorbed and maintained yes, that love yes. for other people. Yeah. Nah, that's what my parents are my heroes. Dave. Mm. And it's something that I've seen with, you know, some people that have really, yeah, that seem to have made a massive difference in the history of our country. Um, I think the one that speaks to mind now is, uh, someone spoke about Steve Biko, um, a quote he had, now, I, I just remember the, the underlying theme, not the quote exactly, but it was something in the lines of, you know, if if you return hate, it's only going to take us further downhill. Someone has to to love in order to change that hate. You know, it was something in the line um, of that. And that seems like such a scar skill, um, you know, to be able to absorb um, a lot of unfairness and hate and to actually to transform someone else by or through through loving, you know. Um, and, you know, while I say that, I have a very vivid yeah. example. Uh, you, I don't know if you've heard about him, but it's a, it's a jazz musician in, in uh, the United States, Daryl Davis. Um, 
and he actually, you know, it's a, a similar quality that is in him. He actually went to KKK members and leaders and he interviewed them and started building relationships with them. And his goal was to understand their way of thinking. So he didn't fight them or criticize them. And, and only by doing that, he's turned around hundreds of, of KKK members. You know, um, so yeah, a lot that I'm saying, but I just want to tie it to, it's profound to me that that's a quality that is in you, in your family, you know, and uh, and how it's impacted you now and, and that you can have relationships with various people. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's, yeah, and, and also knowing a bit more as well. And I think being working in a corporate, corporate sector, it's it's not really a, the sector that I'm in is not really when I entered it it wasn't very transformed. So you you'd always find that I remember the first job that I did, I was literally the first, the only black employee, compliance officer there, besides the 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 the, the lady that, that cleans and makes team for us, I was the only other black person of color in that company. And it was it's so natural to me i'm always taught to you respect people you respect older people mm. and i and what i installed in my fellow colleagues was as as that lady her, her, her and they used to call her marta was it? and i said yes you're a young person an older person rather say me or don't it's respect that it's something that it doesn't matter what a person does i believe you need to respect people that are older than you it's a bit disrespectful to call someone just by the first name, unless they tell you, listen, no, don't call me uh, sir or ma'am. Or, but I think in my culture, and she was also an older Musutu woman. And I thought, no, you need to, me, she's a male or mm. OC, or you don't, yeah, just call her by her name. And I think they didn't know that. And that mm. started, and I started to bring her more in into she was also a colleague even though she's a cleaner she's part of the team if it's dirty if the dishes aren't done and all of that we can't really function bring her more in in social gatherings and things mm. yeah i would say yeah that's such a, a valuable practical example of, you know i was thinking when when you spoke a bit earlier about um we could be one of the best countries in the world if we work more together and not against each other and that's just it's a a small practical example about you know how a, a working team can be so much better by valuing and respecting everyone in the team and not maintaining that class difference yeah yeah so yeah i'm thinking more on that um what else you know when we speak about south africa can be even more beautiful and brilliant if we spend less energy fighting each other and, and more fighting for each other, you know, what, how do you think practically would that look like for, um, you know, day to day for um, individuals in South, Af in South Africa? Yeah, I think through that, uh, more, more and more things would change. Eh? It's, I think we, we, we sometimes speak so much past one another. The nice thing that gives me an advantage, um, I've, I'm, I'm in circles where everyone is at. I've got friends that are Muslim and Hindu. Some are atheists. Some are religious. They're Christian. Some will tell you gay people. It's we 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 such a hybrid. We so so much different that if we all just start to 
know about one another, learn about one another. They, they small things that you can just stop in your own little circle. Like with gay people, they don't like the, the term morphe. It's a degrading term. Obviously, with black people, you can't use terms like uh, the K word or nigger or those things. It's it's things that are, you know, you don't do that anymore. You need to outgrow our learners. Learn one another's languages. I think we start there. Yeah. Go go to where you're based. Go go visit a township. Go see the suffering and the, what's going on around you. I think when you start to see how privileged and how advantaged you are, you start to make a difference. Because yeah. we all in our own worlds, our own bubble, yeah. and we think all our little problems are so big when someone's staying just a few few meters away from you doesn't have food. Okay. I'm so I'm so I've never in my life had to sleep without without food. And last night I was actually listening to a radio program, and a guy called in and he said, Listen, it's been four days, I haven't eaten anything. I thought you're I thought I had problems. Imagine mm. being that person. So you seem to be in quite, like you just described, quite diverse groups of friendships, you know, I'm assuming colleagues and, and, and. But what would you say in your personal life with your diverse group of, you know, friends, circle, whatever, what would you say in your personal life that you guys are doing with these diverse people, you know, to kind of, to, to basically bridge the gap and to go to the other side. What sorts of practical things are you doing with your friends? Like you said, what different than you that other people can implement, you know, whether it's conversations yeah. that you are having about racism or the things that you are doing to kind of reach out and have what you described, which is empathy and create that empathy and that understanding of someone else's culture or religion. You know, you don't need to do this specifically or explain it specifically just to race. But what sorts yeah, of yeah. things do you guys do? Yeah, like social seed obviously everyone goes now and then for beer after work after a long day hey, let's go for a beer changing that up during the weekend listen guys let's go to the car wash you take them to yeah. the township have a go to the car wash to have they're gonna go and eat a bit of mohodu and madombolo and uh, there's nice traditional food that, that we have and be in a bit of an environment that's not the one that you used to Sit a bit there, look at go a bit to the township, see how the other people are living a bit. People that are not as privileged as what you are, how mm. they enjoy things. Yeah, yeah. And and that yeah, that is made quite a they you find a lot of a lot of my friends would enjoy that setup. But now the only disadvantage about what I discovered now here in Cape Town is the Ubers don't always drive there at, at night. Because it's a bit of a high risk, high zone, oh, high risk no. zone. So someone yeah. has to be a designated driver. So you need to take one call. So someone mustn't drink, then I just drink normal garlic. Because <laughs> the Uber doesn't go there at night when I discovered. Yeah. yeah. You know, one time always stuck there. Yeah. yeah, but these things like that. And, and you know, that, yeah, I would say. It, it sounds simple when you say it, but it's such, it's such um, valuable information to me because we are looking for ways. For practical things to do ourselves and then to challenge our listeners with you know this this answers that question you know so clearly and in addition to that it just feels like it communicates a whole different message you know it doesn't communicate i'm different to you or i'm better than you it's it's something about you know i i i'm interested in you or i want to connect with you you know on a completely you know not on a verbal level it just communicates a whole different message 
Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. And also what I discovered, it's it's so funny that here in Cape Town, all the, the tourists, there's always a lot of tourists here. Yeah. And all of them always want to go to the township. They want to see how the people live here. So you'll find buses and buses going to Mzoli's, one of the most popular Chisanyama car washes places here. It's called Mzoli's. Yeah. And there's always buses and buses of tourists. Germany, Americans, British yeah. tourists that go there. And it's yeah. the food as well. They don't serve burgers and chips. There. They serve traditional food. Yeah. They serve mkhodu. They serve uh, uh, skarpkop. Oh. Smiley, yeah. yeah, they serve your traditional food, yeah, so that's also the catch, yeah, things like that. And learning languages, learning it's not, I don't think it's difficult to learn someone's language. It's really, even if you start of the basics of the greetings, it means yeah. a lot to 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 reach out like that. Because once Nelson Mandela once said, when you speak someone's language, or so you that's where you speak to their heart, I, I believe, yeah. and I believe that's true. Learn a bit about others. Learn oh. they uh, learn about their cultures. I what like Google that. now? Remember the, the internet and the, everything. It's so easy now. We there's no excuse not to learn. Everyone has a smartphone. You can just type it in your phone. You don't even need a computer anymore. Your phone is your computer. There's another question that I want to throw you away, and um, it is yes, yes. What, what do you think? What what's opposite to racism? If if we have racism on the one side, discrimination and hate. Um, what is the opposite of that? And then how can we grow that? Yeah, I believe that the opposite, everyone will also tell, a lot of people will tell you yeah, reverse racism. That term doesn't exist. You don't get reverse racism, I believe. The opposite of racism is fairness, it's equality. It's accessibility, it's impartiality. Mm. It's, those are the, the opposite of racism. Reverse racism doesn't work. Even a term like a lot of people don't understood, understand the term affirmative action. Affirmative action is actually constitutional. It's It should be there to reverse the what happened in the past. That's why it's legislated in the Employment Equity Act. When, when you get employed, if they say, listen, the designated group, designated group are women, women of all colors, there's different people, Indian people, black people. It's 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 something that should be there to redress the the past of remember a lot of black people didn't have the opportunities that they have now. So to bridge that gap, you need affirmative action. It's something that is constitutional, it's not against the law, it's not reverse racism, it's so, so the opposite of racism, it's more fairness, it's equality. It's accessibility, it's impartiality. And I, I believe if you if you if you understand our history, you wouldn't have a problem with that. Because mm. it will make more sense, like yo, these people were denied so much for so many hundreds of years. And now with these policies that are trying to redress that. Yes, I would say. Oh, and it makes sense, you know, it's much easier to be ignorant about the history and to just deny the necessity of, of what you mentioned now equality fairness accessibility affirmative action you know it's, it's it takes much more effort to try and understand where it comes from and why it's necessary 
and it's valuable that you mention it so practically like this is the opposite of racism yeah 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 because you always find as you always find people that bring up examples yeah but me and you were born in the same year we went to the same school same university but you've got better opportunities than i am look back my parents didn't have an opportunity your parents had my mm. grandparents didn't have the opportunities yours had yeah, Our yeah. ancestors didn't have the same. So if you go back, you realize you are privileged. Even though we went to the same school, we grew up in the same environment, there's still redress that I have to do. Once I still make it, I still have cousins and nephews and nieces and fallback family that still live in a bit of in poverty. So when I make it, I need to bring those people up still. Yeah, yeah. That's what people don't understand. So by one black person making it to up the ladder, there's so many people that they still have to help out. Mm. No, that makes sense. And there are still some situations, like you say, where, you know, in, in, in many contexts, you are the exception. And I think a lot of time when there's this debate between white and black, you know, the defense from white people is often that, yeah, but you are, like you're saying, we're in the same school, the same this, the same that. But in most yeah. situations, you are an exception. That's not the reality for everybody who looks like you. You yes, are one of the people yes. who are fortunate to be the exception in that regard. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Johan, you were saying? Uh, no, I was just I was just responding. Um, but I think uh, we've discussed <laughs> a few things now. I think, yeah, there's, there's, there's much more left we can, we can learn from you, uh, of course. But just uh, to yeah. end off, I saw one of the other questions that I just want to answer. Uh, remember, racism is not just between black and white people. There's always there's also racism between black and Indian people. Different races have biases towards one another. Yeah. So it's always you always need to be sensitive of what you say. Mm. There's there's a term that I, that that the Indians taught that that's very degrading. You don't use that term. Mm. It's the c word term you don't use it with indian people it's a degrading term so they also say it's very broad this thing that we're dealing with so that's why it's so important to do a bit of research and read about it yeah no, absolutely and that we tend to think our oh, battle is unique whereas racism and you know hate based on difference has been part of human history we have our own unique challenges but but that in itself mm. is part of human history yeah, yeah. And lastly, as well, what I, the one thing I admire about other races, I would say the Indian people, I admire how they do business, how they conduct business. Oh, yeah. And how there's a whole lot of family, family businesses in the Indian community. Yeah, yeah. And it's so amazing how through that, they've started to uplift and their own people and they're so successful, as you can say. And one example of that is the Ambani family. And well, I don't know if you guys know, the yellow taxis in America, that was started by Pakistani people. That whole taxi industry in America oh. is run by Pakistani people. It's people, immigrants, wow. people, brown people. Yes. So it's really, it's also, you can learn quite a lot from other races if you look how they conduct things. You know, especially if, if I can get past... Um, this person is different than me, and, and this is everything that's wrong with this person. If I can get past that and see what, you know, who is this person and what are some of the qualities that this person has that, that this 
culture out that I can learn from. It just opens up a whole new world. Well, um, I think yes, you know, yes. that, that was plenty. So, yeah, I just want to uh, say thank you again. I really appreciate, you know, Tomoko taking time out of your day and, and sharing a bit of yourself with, with us. Thank you so much for that. Thank you so no, much. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Oh, One yes, last yes. thing, I, I have a, a, a side request, Deboho. Please, yes. um, I, I would like to get a list from you of recommendation of stuff to read. So what I'm trying to do for my personal growth is oh, to okay. you know, yes. read some books on about date, how it started, what happened. Because like, you know, obviously I've been trying to educate myself as I've been growing up, but I feel like there's a lot more that I need to understand there are a couple of gaps in my in the education that i currently have so please send me somehow a list of recommendations preferably books yes yeah. yes no definitely yes sure that's fine now you pop me i don't know i don't have your details just pop me an email or something so i can okay i'll get your details from your hand yeah from your hand okay oh, perfect yes there's megan tayan yes contact me then all Okay, sure. okay. And uh, please remember to take some you lunch. Know. Uh, don't, don't forget that because we... <laughs> okay. Yes, yes. Yeah, keep well. Okay, thank you, Anna. Okay, thank you, guys. Thanks, Bye. Okay, bye-bye. Next episode, we talk to psychologist and lecturer Tebelo Mabusela. And she creates a therapeutic climate in the interview, which allows us to learn something valuable. Talking about generational trauma, and I have my own narratives, obviously, of a white man. Let's make an example, you know, how, how I should maybe behave around white people and all of that, right? Do you have narratives of how you should behave around black people?